I'm Shachar Azani, and in the news, a new Israeli government was sworn in Israel, headed by Yamina Party's head and former Netanyahu chief of staff, Naftali Bennett. History in the making, or just another political day in Israel? I'm happy to have with me all the way from Israel, Ambassador Dani Ayalon. Dani Ayalon is an Israeli diplomat, columnist, and politician. He was Israel's ambassador to the United States of America, deputy foreign minister of Israel, as well as senior foreign policy advisor to Prime Ministers Ariel Sharon, Ehud Barak, and Benjamin Netanyahu. Ambassador, such a pleasure to have you with us all the way from Israel. My pleasure, my pleasure, uh, Shachar, always good to be with you. So first of all, tell us a little bit about what you think about what happened in Israel, a new government. Is it a historic day or just another day in the wheeling and dealing of Israeli politics? Well, I think, you know, if we put uh, some cynicism aside, I think it is an historic day, uh, not only because uh, for the first time after 12 years, we will have a new prime minister, but also I would say the composition of the government is such that it really puts together such an amalgam of uh, parties, you know, the entire spectrum of the political landscape from the uh, far right to the far left. So this is a, uh, a novelty and uh, this could be a, a breath of uh, fresh air in terms of uh, coming down the, the situation and certainly the polarity uh, in, in Israel. Also, for the first time, we have an Arab-Israeli uh, party, which, um, you know, uh, we are always very concerned, and uh, Shachar, you have been there at the trenches, in the trenches, um, uh, fighting for Israel's image and BDS. And having such a party, in our party, in the government for the first time, I think it's going to be very helpful for Israel's image. I think it's going to help fighting BDS and all those uh, meshugas, as uh, we say here. And... Um, the question, of course, is whether they will be able to, uh, to operate together. And here, this will depend on the maturity, I would say, and wisdom of the heads of the parties. What keeps them together right now are two things. First and foremost is, um, uh, I would say, hatred to Bibi Netanyahu. Or not hatred, maybe it's a too strong of a word, but uh, uh, disagreement with the way the country uh, was governed and uh, its direction under Netanyahu. And this came to a, to a really to a boil just uh, in the last uh, few elections. We saw that we had election after election. So um, if they would, so, so first of all, this hatred against Netanyahu. And the second thing is that um, if this government falls apart, uh, many of them will not stand a chance uh, to be reelected. So this should keep them together. And if they will be wise not to get into the most, let's say, controversial areas, especially when it comes to the Palestinian uh, issues or a state and religion when it comes to, uh, um, to um, relations with the religious, uh, I would say, administration here and the Rabbanut here, and, uh, then I think they have a a good chance to continue. Danny, you know, your perspective is unique because you're both a diplomat and a politician and a columnist. You're familiar with all of the different arenas. So I think nobody better could maybe describe to our viewers in a few words, who is Naftali Bennett, the okay. former chief of staff of Netanyahu, former aide to the prime minister who is now replacing the prime minister. What do you have to share about Naftali? Okay, well, first of all, Naftali Bennett is a decorated soldier. He served in the elite uh, units in Israel and uh, 
distinguished himself in the Lebanon War, especially the Second Lebanon War. He was a protege of uh, none else than Bibi Netanyahu. He was his chief of staff. He was uh, later the, uh, the uh, director general of the Yesha Council. That means he was the, um, the highest, uh, I would say, um, ranking uh, official of the settlers movement. And um, from there, he used this as a, uh, as a springboard to politics. But he was also a very gifted uh, businessman, uh, high tech. He made a huge exit uh, many years ago and that allowed him really the comfort to, uh, to really dedicate himself for public life. And this is what he has been doing uh, since that um, exit that he made. And he went his own way after a few years that uh, he served in the, uh, I would say the traditional uh, religious, national religious party, you know, the Mafdal, uh, which is uh, no more. Um, but uh, he was a maverick there. He didn't get along with the fact that uh, he had to uh, bow to the rabbis, to the rabbis of the Mafdal, of that party. And he created his own party. Uh, and he just uh, stayed the course. Uh, you know, we've had just now four successive elections in uh, short period in, in less than two years or two, two plus years. And um, he kept the course, even though on one of these elections, he did not uh, uh, get reelected, didn't pass the threshold as uh, we have here, but he kept on going. Uh, so he showed the stamina, he showed determination. I think he's very uh, talented. Uh, I've met him a few times and I think that he's also uh, uh, somebody that you can trust. It's, he's also a, a patriot, a real good uh, Israeli patriot, uh, a very, uh, I would say, uh, somebody who's concerned about uh, the Jewish people. So I think we should give him a chance. We should give him a chance. Nobody's born prime minister. Uh, nobody's born a Churchill or a Netanyahu. They have to grow in the office. And I think if we have, uh, if, if he has a chance to grow in the office, we may be pleasantly surprised. You know, Danny, I'm thinking that uh, only in Israeli politics can you go from not passing the electoral threshold two years ago to becoming Israel's prime minister. It's truly amazing. A land of opportunities. <laughs> right, uh, it's so much different than the American. You know, here, the, here politicians never retire. That's the whole thing. They can get recycled and recycled. That's, that's a real big difference than we have them in your neck of the woods. And you know, the, the truth also is that this government has some, you know, new, fresh uh, actors, players who become suddenly holders of power rather than the eternal um, uh, opposition uh, party benchers. But I want to ask you something. You mentioned the word trust and relationship and the animosity, the political animosity towards Netanyahu. It was revealed that the prime minister, former prime minister Netanyahu, we still have to get used to that, um, offered Benny Gantz, the minister of defense in his government and in this new government, the option of resigning immediately as prime minister and giving the premiership to Benny Gantz. And he said no. What happened? Well, he was uh, stung once, um, <clears throat> you know, that uh, according to the agreement <clears throat> that he had with Netanyahu, an agreement which was corroborated in law that the Knesset passed, uh, they were supposed to run the government together 
and he was going to replace him just uh, three months from now, November two, 2021. And uh, Netanyahu from the get-go, from day one, did everything to sabotage this agreement uh, to the extent of having this uh, fifth uh, election. So uh, there is no trust there. And because it was uh, stunned once, and, uh, and he paid dearly. Benny Gantz paid dearly in the uh, public arena for actually breaking a vow, a campaign promise. And he did go with Netanyahu and he did it on, only to, to help the, the country and stabilize um, the political uh, system. And unfortunately that uh, did not pan out. And of course uh, he blames Netanyahu uh, for that. And I think it was quite unbecoming. And uh, I mean, I, it's, it's, you know, the, the Netanyahu's desperate attempts in the last few weeks to offer so many people to come and to do a rotation with him and to join the government and support him to no avail. Um, that was uh, not a very pleasant uh, uh, scene. And I think at uh, this point, we should um, respect Netanyahu. Uh, we should thank him for his great service for the country. And we certainly should not be in a position to uh, continue and bicker about him. And I see there's some quarters here, especially in the far left that are just, uh, uh, are, are so happy and are so uh, gloating about it. And, and this is also should not be the case. I, I, I hope that this government, and as you mentioned, Naftali Bennett, he calls this government not just national unity, but also a healing government after all this polarization. So healing also starts with really respecting uh, the former prime minister and Netanyahu. And uh, actually uh, Bennett had quite a differential uh, speech uh, yesterday in the Knesset, really giving the uh, all the honor to to Netanyahu. You know that his speech his speech indeed was reconciliatory, especially compared to all of the others. But you're mentioning the term of a national, you know, national unity government and healing. But you have a big chunk of the Israeli public, the ultra orthodox, and the thirty seats of Likud, a major power within the Israeli public. They're not part of this government. So is it really a national unity government? And does the glue of the animosity towards the former prime minister is enough to hold it together? Well, I think this is one thing. A lot depends if Netanyahu will continue to hold power in the Likud. Because uh, right now, after he was not able to win the election for Likud for the last two and a half years in four successive elections uh, with all the ties, uh, there are some, let's say, rumors and is, there's some discomfort. And there are those uh, second tier Likud politicians who are waiting in, in the wings. And uh, this, I think, will uh, compel Netanyahu to be as uh, aggressive politically as possible. And we have uh, already seen it. You know, his, his speech uh, last night was not conciliatory and he's attacking the government already, which is fine. This is the job of, uh, of uh, the opposition. But I would say that for the last uh, you know, few years, when we had this uh, government, mainly of Likud and the religious party, I'm not sure that this presented a majority of the government. Right now, they have uh, 52 seats in the Knesset out of the 120. However, what is the claim that Likud has and Bibi Netanyahu has is that um, those who voted in the last election 
for a, let's say, Gideon Saar, his party, and Bennett, and even Lieberman, you know, these are supposedly right-wing parties. And, and Netanyahu claims that their vote, they, their voters expected them to support Bibi Netanyahu as prime minister. And this is what, uh, I guess, makes uh, the, the argument so uh, acrimonious, where Likud, of course, is accusing Bennett and Saar of stealing, quote unquote, the, the votes that they got from the voters and giving it to the other side. But, uh, you know, we can go on and dissect and argue forever. I think that there is a reality here that all of us uh, have to face. As they say, politics is uh, the art of the possible. I think it's very, very important that uh, as much as possible, we all get behind the new government and help it succeed because its success is our success. It's the country's success, it's the Jewish people's success. Very, very true, Danny. And, and now I, um, you know, I would like to address your extensive diplomatic experience. We're talking about a democratic president here in the United States, a democratic establishment. And then you have a, as you said, a former Yesha council head and religious Zionist, Kippa wearing for the first time, Yarmulke wearing prime minister in Israel. How is that going to work? Well, of course, that depends how these two gentlemen uh, hit it off together, uh, both the prime minister and the, uh, and the president. Of course, the, the solid rock, uh, I would say, um, alliance. This is an, a natural alliance between Israel and the United States for many reasons. And you know, each other. I'm sure your viewers also understand it in a different uh, program. We can really go down into it. There's a lot to say about it. But this uh, relationship is... Uh, very important for both our countries, and this will continue. Maybe there will be some nuances, uh, maybe less uh, intimacy or more intimacy. Depends a lot on this, um, I would say, ephemeral, elusive term in uh, diplomatic uh, jargon, which is uh, uh, the chem chemistry between them. I would say that so far we have seen that President Biden has really extended his, uh, his hand, and uh, two hours uh, he was sworn in. Biden called to congratulate uh, uh, Bennett. I'm sure pretty soon there will be an invitation to the White House. And um, when they, the two leaders sit together, you know, on a tete-a-tete, -tete, on uh, just one-on-one, uh, -on -one, and they, uh, they can really understand each other, uh, both in terms of their visions, but also their constraints, especially political constraints, and uh, try to hammer out some kind of a plan uh, for the next three and a half years, I think that could work. Uh, the most important thing uh, is trust uh, and uh, mutual respect and, um, and, and here and no surprises. And uh, if there will be no surprises, if everything will be done in good consultation, even when we agree not to agree. No, there have been many times that uh, we didn't uh, agree on everything, the two administrations in Jerusalem and Washington, but even then, always the golden rule was we agree to disagree, but never did this uh, disagreement, which usually was not on the bilateral issues, because on the bilateral, everything is, is, is great, you know, from technology sharing to uh, defense cooperation to economic and anything else, uh, cyber, you name it. But uh, uh, the um, always the uh, fly in the ointment, if uh, I may say so, was when it came to third parties, namely, the Palestinians. 
now also Iran. So if they will be able to isolate these two issues and come to terms about how to proceed on these two issues and even agree to disagree without this disagreement um, having, you know, uh, spilling over to the bilateral, uh, I think they have, there, there's a good chance. And um, I believe there was a sigh of relief because Bibi uh, Netanyahu was very tough, was very tough. Uh, and um, although with personal friendship with, with Biden, uh, I think that uh, Biden and his administration were quite apprehensive uh, about uh, you know, Bibi's ability to uh, really work against what they see as a strategic uh, important goal of um, going back to the uh, JCPOA with Iran, you know, the, uh, the nuclear uh, deal. Bennett does not have any different view. Uh, by the way, it's a consensus in Israel that Iran should never have a uh, nuclear uh, weapons and also that uh, the agreement of 2015 was a bad one. Um, so there will be a lot uh, to discuss. And of course, the Palestinian issue, I don't see this as a, uh, as a bone of, uh, let's say, of dissent or conflict because nobody thinks that there is a partner on the other side. And um, Biden, knowing and, and with his experience, especially after eight years as vice president to Obama, who tried his best to, to, to move forward, but no, to no avail because of Palestinian intransigence, I don't think that Biden would have any appetite and he will not to, to deal with the Palestinian issue and not even to uh, um, spend uh, prestige, political capital, uh, diplomatic uh, capital. So they, they will go into a mode of what we say, the conflict management, not conflict resolution. So this in itself will take away a major stumbling, uh, uh, stumbling star, uh, stone that could have, you know, hampered the, the relationship between uh, the personal ones, between uh, the former head of the um, Yesha Council of the uh, settlers and the prime minister and the president, of course. The president. Yeah, um, do you expect, Danny, to see a change? I mean, Naftali Bennett was Minister of Defense under Netanyahu. We, which we remember how he mocked him, but appointed him. And still, do you expect a change in the situation vis-a-vis -vis Hamas in Gaza under Naftali Bennett as premier as what we used to see under Netanyahu in the past 12 years? I'm not sure. Uh, you know that uh, the, the, the strategic approach to uh, Gaza has been well thought of, and it's not just a matter of uh, any uh, um, capricious thinking of the prime minister or the government. You know, there is a very, very thoughtful uh, process of decision-making going all the way with the intelligence branches, with the military, uh, with other, uh, even with, you know, economic and other uh, ministries as well, of course, the foreign ministry. And um, I don't think that uh, Bennett will have any new policy about uh, Gaza. There, there is one danger, though, right now, in this very sensitive time of the... Um, overlap or, or just the, the, the first uh, few days or weeks of the new government that Hamas may want to test the new government. And here, if this happens, Bennett will have to uh, uh, respond in a very decisive way. So in that respect, uh, if there is any uh, provocation from Gaza uh, in the next, uh, you know, the, 
near future, then Israel will have to respond in a very, very harsh way, even harsher than uh, what used to be under uh, during the Netanyahu's time. You know, uh, you're mentioning this, and as we speak, we hear statements coming from Hamas's direction that they're going to renew the efforts to launch incendiary balloons into Israel and torch fields. So Israel being Israel, like you say, the challenge will present itself rather quickly. Um, last question, Danny. I know your time is, <coughs> is full. Um, you are also, beyond everything else, a champion of Israel's public image. The battle for public image, you've produced many uh, short videos about this. You're a prominent voice on social media and beyond. What would you recommend our viewers who want to convey the truth about Israel and share Israel's image at the moment and convey what's happening in Israel? What do you want them, what's the message you want to give them to take on to their families, businesses, um, on audiences online and beyond about Israel? Well, I would say the first one is that Israel is a peace-seeking country, and, and we have the, uh, the proof. You know, we made peace with Egypt with great concessions. We gave them the entire uh, Sinai. The same thing was with, the, with the Jordan. The problem with the Palestinians is the only uh, reason there is no peace with the Palestinians, and everybody knows we have been uh, really willing uh, to uh, bend over backwards for them. But the only reason that there was no peace with the Palestinians is that they do not recognize Israel's right to exist as a Jewish state, which is our DNA, which is our right for self-determination. So if, if they will just get the, the details, and, uh, and thank you for, for mentioning, you know, uh, I've, uh, I've had this uh, non-profit, the truth about Israel, and we have all this... Uh, information encapsulated in very succinct way, you know, two, three minute uh, uh, videos. If uh, your viewers go into the Truth About Israel website and see this, this uh, clips, there are quite a few of them on every subject between us and the Palestinians and send it and share it to as many people as possible. This is a way to uh, hopefully move the needle a, a little bit uh, in our directions as we really face an avalanche of uh, anti-Semitic, anti-Zionist, anti-Israeli uh, slurs and propaganda, unfortunately directed by the Palestinians and uh, their collaborators. Danny, I'm sure you'll be pleased to hear that I visited various schools in the, in the area uh, pre-COVID and even post-COVID, and I've seen your videos of the truth about Israel starring in different interactions when the uh, situation in Israel and the Middle East needed a clear, cut, short, and concise explanation because it's a quagmiracle issue, and they always turn to you. So thank you again for, for this and for your time with us today. Absolutely. You know that we've been accused on this, this uh, really outrageous accusation that we are, quote unquote, an apartheid state, you know, far from it. And maybe now, when they see all the Arab members of Knesset and an Arab minister now in the government and an Arab party as part of the coalition, maybe people will understand uh, who we are and what we stand for. Especially the visual, Danny, to have an Islamic movement member as part of the coalition and the ultra-Orthodox as part of the opposition. And that would really confuse Israel's hater, wouldn't it? <laughs> right. That's right.
Thank you very much. And thank you all to all of our viewers for joining us on JBS. I'd like to thank our director, Sloan Copeland, JBS's managing director, Dara Golub, our technical manager, Michael Paley, transmission manager, John McDevitt, and to our wonderful producer of In the News, Carol Lilienthal. For JBS, I'm Shahar Azani. Shalom and later. Oh.